0: six kids. We're growing the church ourselves. We're just trying to do that and build in the church. And But God is good. God is good. Put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray for you today. And we're going to pray that God's going to touch your life. God's going to change you today. And if you could, could you just give me a little bit of house lights? I like to see some faces. If you can, if you can't, there's no problem. That's fine. But we're going to pray today in the name of Jesus. That's perfect. In the name of Jesus, God, we just thank you today that so awesome we thank you that God you are totally incredible God without you God we are nothing but because of you God we may not feel something but God we are something because we are special to you God we just pray your anointing and your power God just to flood our hearts and lives change our hearts today we pray in Jesus name shout amen come on shout amen high five someone around say you're looking good looking good looking good Man, what about Aaron? man? Didn't she bring it? What's up with that? I don't know. If you've been at the conference all weekend, I'm sure every one of you feels sorry for me because I had to follow Pastor Gabrielle yesterday, had to follow Pastor Eric, and then I had to follow Aaron. man. They're setting it up really high. It's kind of tough, but we're just so delighted to be with you. And I just really believe I have a word for you today. If you're taking notes today, here's the thought, positioned for blessing. I just really believe that God wants to position your life. You may be out of position, you may be in position, but I believe that God has a position for your life today that God wants to do great things. Come on, I came here expecting today. I didn't come here to waste your time. I didn't come here to waste God's time. I came today, I believe, pregnant with a word of God to birth into your lives and into your hearts today. You know what they tell us? Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Why not today expect God to meet a miracle in your life? Why not expect God to do that thing that you've been holding on for a long time for and you haven't seen it? Two years ago, Kelly and I had another child, our sixth child, Judah James. And I remember what it was to go to the hospital that night and she she was ready to go. She was ready to explode. Everything was in place and everything was ready to go. And I remember how exciting we were. To see a baby that was birthed and to see that which was expecting and that which we had anticipated and longed for and prepared for, that it had come forth and it had been, and we're holding it in our arms, just amazed at the beauty and the splendor of God. I believe today that you came in here expecting. And I believe that God is going to birth things in your life. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, are you a doctor? Because I'm about to give birth. Come on now. Come on now, I think my water just broke, we're about to go, come on now, come on, come on, we're about to see God move in this place and I want to read a story to you today from God's word from 2 Kings chapter 2, we're going to read verse 1 through 14, 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 1 through 14. Quite a lot of scripture, but we're setting a scene. We're showing a story, I believe, that is so powerful. It's the story when Elijah is replaced by Elisha. Elisha has faithfully served his master now for six years with the promise that he was going to be the next prophet. He was going to be the next mouthpiece of God. He hasn't seen it happen, but for six years he has been faithful to support Elijah and walk beside him and we see that here the story is that there's going to be a changing of the guard he's now about to leave elisha so elisha now can take over and that's the story from second kings chapter 2 verse 1 through 14 and it said and it came to pass i love those words why not today i said why not today it came to pass why not today that it can be your breakthrough moment and your time when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. I know it's kind of confusing, the J ja and the shah, Elijah and Elisha. We'll try and get it right. If you're confused, don't worry. We'll try and stay together, okay? Verse 2, then Elijah, the original prophet, said to Elisha, Stay here, please. Say with me, stay here, please. Stay here, stay here. That's stay here, number one. Hold on to that. For the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, Gilgal to Bethel. Verse 3, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out and said to Elisha, do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said unto him, Elisha, stay here, please. Say with me, stay here. Stay here. Stay here, here, number two. Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho, Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophet who were in Jericho came out to Elisha, they said the same thing. Do you not know today that the Lord is going to take away your master for you? And Elisha answers and says, yes I know, keep silent. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Have you ever been in a place in your life that you are so burdened about something that you just don't want to talk about it? You just don't want to deal with it. You don't almost want to face it because you know it's hard and it's tough. That's almost where Elisha's at. He's like, just don't talk to me about it. I'm just moving on and I'm just moving on. And it says in verse 6, then Elijah said to him, stay here. Say with me, stay here. That's number three. Stay here where? In Gilgal? Stay here where? In Bethel? Stay here in Jericho? But he says, please, please. I know the Lord has sent you unto Jordan, but he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Verse 7, and 50 of the sons of the prophet went and stood and faced them, the Bible says, at a what? At a distance. Key thought there. Others were at a distance, but where's Elisha? He's right there. Other people are from a distance, they're kind of out there and they're kind of showing up, but they're not really engaged and fully involved in what is happening. But Elisha is right there beside of Elijah and he's standing by the Jordan and he's watching as Elijah takes off his cloak and he rolls it, verse 8, it says, he takes off his mantle, that which identified him as the priest of God. He rolls it up and he bends down to the water and he strikes the water of the Jordan. And the Bible says it was divided this way and that way so that the two of them, how many of them? Two of them. Remember, there were 50 other people that were standing at a distance. But there were only two that went through. I want to tell you something today. Not everyone's going to understand the call of God on your life. Not everyone's going to understand the fact of the change that you've made in your life and given your life to Christ. People are going to look at you and say, you're a fool, that's dumb, that's old-fashioned, it's, it's dead, it's not real. You've got to watch that you're not listening to the crowd that can keep you away from your blessing. Come on, you've got to watch that you aren't listening to those around who have their opinions, but not the word of God, And so it was, the Bible says, that the two of them crossed over in dry land. Verse 9. And so it was, they crossed over and Elijah said to Elisha, ask. As you say over here, ask. Come on, say with me, ask. Man, the Spirit of God just filled this place. You were all English for just one moment. You were just English right there. He's like, ask. And it's an exclamation point because it's almost like Elijah's saying, I've been trying to get rid of you all day. What's your problem? <laughs> I mean, for goodness sake, I've told you to stay here, 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 and you keep following me. Leave me alone. What's going on? What is it that you want? For goodness sake. And of you got kids in the house, That's a silly question here. I think you've got to have five kids to come to this church. I think that's just how it is. A five-kid minimum. If you don't have five kids, just stay out and uh, and you'll be here in about nine months. And we'll we'll be waiting for you. It's just all good. But I love that because it speaks of life. Come on, there's life in the house. And I love that. But if you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about? When your kids come to you and they ask you for something. And what do we say as parents sometimes? We have to know. And wouldn't it be great if our kids just left it alone and listened to us? I know you've got kids just like mine. But dad. But Mum, Why? Why? No. But. No. But you don't. No. We like to be super spiritual because we're in church, but. We have a breaking point sometimes. You ever freaked out on your kids? Oh, my goodness. I know some of you don't like to admit that, but we're just going to ask your kids. They'll tell us the truth. I've learned this. If you want to know something about the parents, ask the kids. You'll have sermon material for months. We all freak out. We're like, what is going on? And that's almost like Elijah is saying to Elisha, I mean, what do you want? I mean, what? I've given you every chance. And he says to him, ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha said, man, I thought you'd never ask me. Here's what I want. Look what he says. Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. In other words, Elisha says, I want to be twice the man that you were. I want to have twice the presence of God in my life than you. I want to see a move of God because I saw what you were able to do, but the need is still so great that people are still being lost, and there's still bondages, and there's still problems, and and I need twice as much God in my life than what you have. Verse 10, and Elijah said, he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless. Man, I love that word right there, nevertheless, because it's almost like you've asked a hard thing. It's almost like it's an impossible thing, but we know it's not impossible because Elijah says, nevertheless. I wonder today what that thing is that you're asking God for. It may be a hard thing today. It may be a tough thing. It may be something that seems so out of reach. I love that scripture in Jeremiah 333. I always said that's God's telephone number. Call me up, it says. Jeremiah 3:33. 3, 3, 3. Call me, God says, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. The thought is this: things that are out of reach from you. God says, I make fully accessible and I bring them. Elijah said, You've asked a hard thing, nevertheless. Nevertheless, I want to tell you today, and I've come here to give you hope today. It may be hard, but God. It may be impossible to you, but God. Nevertheless, nevertheless, there is still hope because God is a God of the impossible. The impossible. Nevertheless, nevertheless. Are you still with me? This is just the introduction. We're getting somewhere. Getting somewhere. And nevertheless, he says in verse 10, it may be hard, but if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you don't see me, then it will not be. So if you see me, you can have the double portion. But if you don't see me, you're left with nothing. You have nothing. You know what Elijah was telling Elisha? You know what the word of God is telling us today? That if we were to keep our eyes on Jesus and nothing else, we'll see the miracles in our lives. But what do we do? We get so distracted by the nothing else's and the circumstances and the situations that want to take our eyes off of him. Verse 11, then it happened. Verse 1, it came to pass, now it's happening, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I love verse 12. And Elijah, what did he see? He saw it. Come on, he saw it. He saw it, he screamed out, I see it, I see it, I see it. Why did he have to see it? Remember, if he didn't see it, he would have nothing. But if he were to see it, he would see and receive the double portion of God. Why did he see it? Because he positioned himself for blessing. He positioned himself close into the presence of God, not allowing anything else to distract him. And he says, and I saw it, and he cried out to God, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel, it's the horsemen. He cried out, can you see what he's saying? I'm just making sure, God, you know what I saw. I saw it all. God, it's mine now. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And then he saw, the Bible says, Elijah, no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them into pieces. And then he reached down and picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he struck the water and said these words, Where is the God of of Elijah, And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and he crossed over. Notice he spoke and he did. Let me say that one more time. He spoke and he did. Many people today are missing out on what God has because they may be talking about it, but they're not doing it. They're talking about what God can do and what God has promised them, but they're not putting it into action in their life because faith involves both word and action. And as he spoke and as he struck the water, the waters opened and he went through on dry ground. What a great story. What a powerful story. But a story that could have been so different from Gilgal A story that could have been so different from Bethel. A story that could have been so different from Jericho. A story that could have been so different from the wrong side of the Jordan River. And what those places represent to every one of us today, you see, because you've got to see yourself in the Word of God. These stories are there so we can see our lives and draw a parallel to our lives. What you've got to understand is those places, Gilgal, Bethel, Jordan, the, or Jericho, the other side of the Jordan, they represent places of hurt and disappointment in our lives. Places of sickness, places of pain, doubts, questions, failures, mistakes. Those places represent what those things are in our lives. They also can represent blessings and miracles and breakthroughs. Because if we stay too long there also, we can miss what God has for us in the future. And it's so easy if we don't watch, finding ourselves staying right there. Come on, if you've gone through a divorce... And the pain and the emotion and everything. Come on, that can become a Gilgal. That can become a place that you stay at and you see the blessings of God leaving your house and going on before you. And you stay there in your pain, in your anguish, in your misery. Maybe someone's told you. And spoke over your life an identity that's not what God has. But you begin to believe those words. And it becomes a place where you stop and you stay. And you say, I'll never be free. I'll never be happy. I'll never find what God has for my life. It can become a sticking, stopping point for every one of our lives. You see, the reality is this. There's always going to be opportunities to quit. There's always going to be moments presented to you where some will even say, just like the prophets in this story, just stay here. Just stay here. Just give up. That God stuff's a waste of time. God hasn't answered your prayer. When the enemy comes in at night and says, what about those prayers? What about those things you've been praying and it's just getting worse? What about your family? You've been praying for household salvation. They're still not saved. What about that addiction? You're still struggling. There's no breakthrough. There's no answer. There's no God who cares. We've got to watch because the enemy wants us to stay in a place of denial, quitting, failure, a mistake, but I want to tell you today, that's also a place of opportunity, for persistence to take place in your life that you would push through. You see, in the Word of God, it talks about our Christian experience, and it presents the image of our Christian experience like this. It's a walk of faith. There's something about a walk is, you can't walk while you're standing, a walk means that you've got to be going somewhere. In fact, I looked in the dictionary and the definition of walk means to go on foot. I love that word, go. Do you realize that two-thirds of God's name is go? He's a God of action. He's a God of faith. He's a God of doing. He's a God of being. He's a go. So you've got to walk. Come on, some of you know what it is every day to get up and walk. You're doing it physically every day. I was on the treadmill this morning. I was walking, man. I was strutting my stuff on the treadmill this morning. I was doing it. And it was kind of easy on the treadmill because it was nice and cool in the gym. I wimped out. Instead of walking outside, I just wimped out. I'm a Baton Rouge boy now. I mean, it's like 80 degrees there right now. I mean, this is freezing. But you know what it's like sometimes that when you walk, some days you're power walking through life. You're feeling great, everything's good, wow, pounds are coming off, woo-woo, life is great. But sometimes, have you ever got to those days where it's just almost tough to put one foot in front of the other that you feel that all hell is against you? But what have you got to do? You've got to keep going. Because it's a walk of what? It's a walk of faith. What is faith? Can I give you a definition of faith? This is my definition of faith. Faith is this. Seeing something that you don't see. Faith is seeing what you don't see. It's seeing something that you don't see. With your natural eyes, you're not seeing it. But by faith, you're believing it. You're seeing through your situation come on it's when it's not happening around you and you can't see the breakthroughs and the miracles faith better still be happening inside of you come on listen to me today I'm not seeing it in my kids I'm not seeing it in my finances I'm not seeing it in my health but faith better be rising up inside of you and says no matter what I see in the natural come on my spiritual man sees something different and I'm going to keep walking in faith I'm going to keep Trusting God. My kids are going to be saved. My family's going to be broke through. I'm going to receive that healing. I don't see it right now, but it's mine by faith. I'm going to walk by faith. It's tough to walk by faith when your kids are getting worse. Come on, it's tough to walk by faith when you're feeling worse every day. It's tough to walk by faith when you're seeing great opposition and there's unrest and persecution. But faith has to say, I see Beyond that, I see beyond. I see beyond all the obstacles, the doubts and the fears. Come on, I have doubts and fears too. I just want you to know that. As pastors, we battle the same problems that you have. We go through the same struggles. We have the same perils. We have the the same facts that are presented to us. But notice I said facts and not truth. Because the fact is, you may be sick today, but the truth is this, he's your healer. The fact today may be your heart is broken, but the truth is, he promises to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up their wounds. The fact is, your children may be away from God, and the truth is, God says, household, salvation, a lamb for a house, positioned, positioned position. What do those obstacles want to do? I'm telling you, those obstacles in our life when we don't see God moving, and we don't see the breakthroughs, they want to position your life out of blessing. They want to take you out of blessing. They don't want you to be in a position of blessing. They want to take you out of blessing, so you give up on church and you leave. You give up on God and you... Turn your back on him. You give up on praying for those needs. You just give up because you're left feeling broken and destitute. And you don't even ask him anymore. I'm telling you, there's always going to be obstacles in life. There's always going to be struggles and pains. But they also make way to produce the opportunity for you and I to keep trusting God. Come on, trusting God. Say with me, position for blessings. Come on, you can do better than that. Say position for blessing. Let me share another story with you today of Elisha. He's taken up the mantle. He's now the man of God. God's now moving in his life. If we would turn a few chapters to Second Kings chapter six, we're gonna read verse fifteen through where are we gonna go? Fifteen through seventeen, I think. Second Kings 6, 15 through seventeen. And it says this, and when the servant of the man of God, when now Elisha's servant arises early and he goes out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to Elisha, I love how the Bible writes things. It's like so poetic. It's like, alas, my master, what shall we do? I I, I just really don't think it happened quite like that. Picture yourself going out in the morning. You haven't had your coffee yet. Your eyes are full of crusty eye boogers. You know what I'm talking about. You're going out. You haven't had coffee. You're like, coffee. You're like, whoa. And you're going outside and all of a sudden you kind of open your eyes. And you look around you and you're like, man, that sure doesn't look good. And he looks where? All day. Around him. And when he looks all around him, he sees an enemy surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And he runs to his master. He's not like, "Um, excuse me, Uh, excuse me, would you wake up? Alas, he's like, he's freaking out. Come on, put yourself in that story. You're like freaking out. This is not, alas, my master, what shall thine doeth to this thing." He's freaking out. He's freaking out. He's just like, what shall we do? And I love the reply of Elisha. Elisha says, do not fear. My God, you need to hear that today. Because everything around you may be freaking out because the enemy's all around you. And God's word of hope came through his man that said, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Second Kings 6 verse 17, and Elisha prayed. Why did Elisha pray? Because I'm telling you, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. You need to try. And Elisha prayed a prayer, and he says, Lord, I pray that you may open his eyes, that he may see, see, see. Remember what Elijah told Elisha a few chapters ago? If you want to see the blessing of God, you're going to have to see it with your eyes. Elijah's now praying, Elisha now praying that same prayer to his servant. He says, you've got to begin to see things beyond what you're seeing in the natural. You've got to have your eyes opened. You've got to position your life in that walk of faith. You've got to start seeing through faith. You've got to remind yourself that when your eyes are on Jesus, you're never going to be disappointed in life. And the Bible says in verse 17, then the Lord... Opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. What did he see? What now did faith rising inside of him see? He saw, behold, the mountains were full of the horses and chariots of fire that were all around Elisha. Here's the question I want to ask you today. Are you ready? Was the enemy gone? If you're in question, the answer is no. The enemy wasn't gone. But now all of a sudden there's something different that showed up in the situation. And what is the difference? God has now showed up in the situation because faith now is seeing beyond the enemy, the fears, the doubts, and the sickness, and is now seeing God. I want to show you something today. I hope you can all see this today. So where's Elisha? he's in his house in the middle of the city where's the enemy the enemy is all around the city where is God come on help me out where's God Come on, you've got to see this today. God is everywhere. You're right. He's everywhere. But He's specifically where? He's all around you. And He's all around your life. Yes, He's around Elisha. But He's around the whole thing and not just the man of God. He's around the sickness and pain. Come on, say with me it's all in the circle. What are we talking about? All the adversities, trials, the enemies, every opposition that the enemy has against you. It's inside the circle. It's inside of God. Now we want this. This is what we want. God, would you just surround me? That's what we pray, God just surround me. And it's a great prayer to pray, we want his presence and power. But think about this, if God just surrounded us and we never had another problem, we never had another circumstance, there was never nothing going wrong in our lives, you know what we would be? We would be the weakest, most silent Christians ever. Why? Because we would live in our little bubble because we were perfect and well and everything was good. We wouldn't even bother really telling other people. Why? Because our life would be absolutely Incredible. You see, God isn't just around you to protect you because that isolates you. That isolates you. God's not just around you to stop the problems coming against you. God's not those. But what is God? God is all around you for what purpose? God is all around you to deliver you and set you free. God wants to deal with all those issues and all those problems and everything that you're facing in life because everything inside of the circle, you've got to hear me today, God allows it to happen. Listen to me. God allows it to happen. Allows it to happen. For what reason? To bring development. To bring strength. To increase your faith. But you know why else God allows those troubles and those pains and those things to come into your life? To display his glory. To be seen by other people because when you walk into work and you're not perfect, other people can say, I can relate to you. But you know what? I see how you handle the situation. When the boss chewed you out the other day and they said that if you don't square up, I saw your attitude. You didn't come in cursing and screaming. You didn't come in saying, man, I can't believe him. You had a great attitude. I saw the adversity in your life, but I saw what you did with it different. What's different about you? What's happening? Why? Because God allows the struggles around us that we can act right through those things and God can be seen in those things. One day a man was brought to Jesus that was sick, and they said to Jesus these words, who was sick that brought about this sin, or who was a sinner to bring about this sickness? Because back in the early days, they thought that sin brought about sickness, that sickness was the result of sin in someone's life. Jesus said these words, he says, neither him nor the father or the mother, but that the glory of God Might be seen. Could it be today that the struggle and the pain that you are going through is so that God's glory can be seen? Because it's not the end yet. Turn to your neighbor and say, It's not the end yet. It's not the end yet. So when those things are in our circle, what is it our responsibility to do? What do we have to do? If we're walking a walk of faith, what have we got to do? We've got to start seeing beyond those things and start seeing God's provision and blessing in our life. We've got to start seeing that the enemy may be all around us, the struggle, the adversity, the pain, the kids acting up, the sickness, all these things. Oh, they're still around us, but what have we got to start seeing? By faith, we've got to start seeing through those things and seeing a God that is going to touch us and God that is going to change us. Why? Because when we see through those things and see God, what do we do? And we are positioning ourselves for God to move on our behalf. You've got to keep holding on. You got to keep trusting God. You got to keep seeing beyond because faith is what's seeing what you perhaps don't see. Oh, you see all those things around, but you got to start seeing through those things to a God that has never failed you, a God that has never left you, a God that is constantly there. Oh, the enemy tells you, but come on, we can't stay here. We can't stay there. We can't stay where the enemy wants us to do. We got to follow on and keep trusting and saying, God, every day give me the strength. I see the sickness. It wakes me up every morning, but I choose to see through the pain. I choose to see through the anguish. Why? Because I'm positioning my life for blessing. It may not be today, but it could be today. It may not be tomorrow, but it could be tomorrow. But if I don't keep going, I'm never going to get to that place. God, I'm positioning my life for blessing. What God chooses to do with these things is up to God. Because he's God and we're not. I don't have all the answers for why and ifs and whats. and this, But I do really have the answer. The answer is this. Stay positioned for blessing. Stay positioned for blessing. At those hard times... Especially when the more you pray, it seems like it's getting worse and worse. Come on, would you pray, God, open my eyes. We shared this yesterday with every one of you who were there. Three weeks ago, we had one of our daughters that says, I don't want to be at home anymore. I don't want to be a part of your rules, I don't want to be a part, I I just don't want, I want to go out and live life for myself, I want to make my own decisions, I want to go and have fun. Can I tell you right now that Kelly and I's life has been rocked these last three weeks. Our hearts have been broken, our hearts are broken, but you know what we're doing every day? We're waking up and we're choosing to see God. I said we're waking up every day. And we're choosing to see God. Does that mean we've slept every night? No, it hasn't, because the enemy comes in to play with your mind. Does it mean that we've been living a life of victory every day? No, there's been struggles and hard times. My wife just this morning just struggled through the night and just couldn't sleep good. We're we're struggling with these things, but you know what? We're seeing God. We're seeing God. We're seeing God. I love this scripture from Psalms 30, verse 5. It says, For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. His favor is for life. And here it is. Here's the big point. That was good right there, but here's what I want to get out of the scripture. Weeping may endure for the night. The pain, the sickness... The enemy that's all around you to destroy you. Mark my words, he's there to destroy you. The enemy's not your friend. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you out. Read John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's it. That's it. That's it. He's not your friend. It's not your friend. Weeping may endure for the night. That sickness, that pain, that hurt, that brokenness may endure for the night. But guess what? Joy is coming in the morning. Come on, I said joy is coming in the morning. And the thought is this, I'm not just talking about the morning as in the a.m. I want to use a play of words today. Can I add another letter to mourning? Can I add a U in there? And that would be another sense of mourning, that there would be a death and there would be a loss. God is saying to you today, even in an area that looks like it's dead and it's over and there is no hope, God would say, see through those things because don't keep weeping because my power, my word is alive inside of you. If you position yourself and don't give up and keep trusting, in and keep believing God says it weeping may endure for the night but my joy is coming can you believe that joy is going to come in that hardest place of your life I can, why? because God says it's possible I like the message Bible it says the night of crying your eyes out gives way to days of laughter isn't that beautiful? the times of my brokenness So let me close this today, back to the original story. Elijah and Elisha. He asked the question with his mantle in his hand, where is the God of Elijah? And he smote the water, and the water opened. And then he realized that day, that the same anointing that was upon Elijah was upon his life, but not just the same anointing, a double portion, a greater anointing. He left that day changed forever with a new identity. He was now the prophet of God. Why? Because he positioned his life. I believe today people in here are going to leave with a new identity I don't care what the enemy's told you about your past, and oh, the enemy is surrounding you, trying to take you down. But see God today. See a God that loves you. See a God that is gracious. See a God that is merciful. See a God that is more than able. More than able.
1: More than able.
0: You know, I'm aware also today that maybe some of you can say, Pastor Philip, there's no way I could position myself for blessing. I've messed up and I've failed. I'm so far out of position that it's not even funny. That Why would God even ever want someone like me? I just want you to know that earlier this morning I prayed for you. Earlier this morning some other people here prayed for you throughout this week people have been praying for you as a church they've been praying for you and I'm so thankful today that maybe I feel so unworthy and so out of position and why would God want me but I'm so glad today that someone prayed for me and that prayer has placed me you right now in a position where you can still receive the blessing of God. Aren't you glad about that today? That God's word doesn't say clean up your life and then come to me. How foolish would it be for a hospital to say you're bleeding, go away and clean yourself up, then you're welcome here. No, a hospital is what? It's a place for those who are broken and those who are hurt. A church is your hospital. Jesus is your doctor that wants to make everything Right, right. Every one of us today, every one of you today can be positioned for blessing. Why? Because here's what you need to see. God is all around it. God is all around you. God is there to help you. All you need to do is ask, where is the God? Where is this God? telling you right now he will reveal himself to you he'll put his loving arms around you say you're awesome you're incredible as every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this place I wonder who in this place right now would say these words Pastor Philip has promised me some things God has spoken into my life I know what God has made way and fully possible for me but it just seems so out of reach and it seems no matter how much I pray and no matter what I do it's just not happening come on who would be honest and lift up their hand and say pastor that's me come on hands are going up all over this place fantastic awesome 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 is the word of the Lord again for you today. Position yourself for blessing. Refuse to only see those things. We don't deny those things because we deny them. We're a liar. We don't say, I'm not sick. Some people say that. Oh, you can't say you're sick. That's denouncing the power of God. No, that's lying. And not creating an opportunity for the faith of God to rise. Because if you're not sick, then why do you need a healer? You've got to say, I'm sick. I need a healer. You've got to say, I'm broken so God can be your healer and your helper. It's not a statement of defeat. It's a statement that I'm moving into victory because I'm leaving my old life. And I'm leaving my past. And I'm stepping into a new identity. And I just pray for every one of you today. Position your life for blessing. Don't let go don't let go. I said, don't let go. Don't let go. All the enemy tells you, just stay there. Come on, you don't belong in Gilgal. You don't belong in Bethel. You don't belong in Jericho. You belong in the presence of God. Right beside God, that's how close God wants to be to you. Everything I've done has pushed him away. No, it hasn't pushed him away. It pushed you away. Because he's still right there. He's still right there. He's still right there. Those of you that lifted up your hands, here's what I want you to do right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If everyone could perhaps stand in this place right now. and Those of you that lifted up your hand, I want you to make your way to the front. seeing it, but today I'm seeing it. Come on. Today I'm believing it like I've never believed it before. Come on, I'm seeing it again. Come on, I'm letting hope rise inside of me. Come on, right now, push to the front. Get as close as you can. And if you can't, go down the aisles. Come on, we'll we'll just fill every space that we've got. Come on, we're coming forward. As you step forward, just begin to see it. Come on, just begin to see your kids saved. Begin to see yourself healed. Come on, begin to see the pain of your heart, the loneliness, the anguish. Just begin to see God who's healing that and God who's doing that and God who's providing for that come on just begin to see begin to see begin to see it begin to see it it's mine come on say it right now it's mine in the name of Jesus come on begin to say I see it Come on, begin to say in faith, I see it right now. I see my marriage restored. Come on, I see my kids in church with me. I see myself whole again and well again. I see cancer gone from my life. I see diabetes gone. I see freedom in my life. Oh, the enemy's there, but God is greater. greater than anything come on just lift your hands all over this place in the name of Jesus we speak let faith rise right now God let faith rise in people's hearts and lives right now that God we would begin to see God through your eyes We would no longer see the lies of the enemy, but we would see the truth of your word. Your truth that says we're free. Your truth that says I'm healed. Your truth that says I'm saved. Your truth that says I have a new identity in Christ Jesus. Come on, depression has to go. Oppression has to leave. Addictions and strongholds have to go. Because we see a God that is greater than anything. A God that is greater than anything. God we speak life we speak hope we speak healing in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we speak healing we speak power in the precious name come on people's lives have been touched all over this place come on Come on, if you know how to touch God and you know how to reach heaven on behalf of someone else, come on, stretch your hands out. We maybe can't lay hands on them, but we can stretch hands towards heaven and say, God, would you lay hands on these people? God, would you begin to meet the needs? Would you begin to do? Would you begin to touch them in the name of Jesus? Because I'm not leaving here the same way in which I came in the name of Jesus. I'm not leaving here bound. I'm not leaving here oppressed. I'm not leaving here sick, I'm possessed in myself and my breakthrough and my miracle because it's in Christ Jesus it's in Christ Jesus it's in Christ Jesus, come on we're just going to begin to worship in this place come on we're just going to give God all the honour and all the glory and all the praise come on we're just going to let hope rise come on let hope rise inside of you come on that word that God's given to you come on see it again today position your life for the blessing of God, position yourself oh the lies of the enemy, don't believe the lies of the enemy anymore believe the truth of God and it's the truth of God that will set you free, come on free in Christ. Hallelujah. singing nothing is impossible you are the God of miracles you are the God come on all over this place lift your hands come on we're positioning ourselves for a blessing come on citywide church we're positioning ourselves for a breakthrough of God's anointing God's power and God's presence Lord right now in the name of Jesus we choose to see through the things of the enemy, God, we choose to see through the lines, we choose to see through the opposition, we choose to see through the disappointments, we choose to see all those through those things, and God, today we make a choice to say, I see you, I see God, I'm positioning myself, and I'm not gonna be denied, I'm not gonna back down, I'm not gonna turn around. I'm not going to stop, but every day I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and say, God, I trust you. God, I believe you today. You're my hope, Jesus. You're my strength, God. You're my power, God. You're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond, God. i could say your miracle has happened right now i pray for many of you it has but remember this nevertheless it may be hard but nevertheless god come on nevertheless can i keep trusting god Can I keep believing god just before i hand the service back to pastor just stay where you're at just no one move in the house you don't have to move i want to know today is there anyone that needs jesus You need Jesus. You need the forgiveness of Jesus. You've maybe failed him and let him down. Join the club. I have. I have. I'm no different to you. I'm just a sinner that's now experiencing the grace of God in my life and the mercy of God. And I need that every day for God to guard my heart, my mind, my eyes, my ears, my life. I wonder today if there's anyone that would say pastor I want to give my life to Christ if that's you I want you to put your hand up so high and wave it around there's a lady right there there's a lady right there come on put your hands up high and wave them around come on right now his hands his hands precious Jesus come on keep those hands up nice and high we want to see where you're at right now all over this place come on people are saying yes to Jesus yes to Jesus yes to Jesus yes to Jesus how awesome how awesome Can I do something really quick? I know it's kind of tough with the logistics here. If you lifted up your hand, can you come and stand right here at the front with me? Come on, right down here. We're going to open this up. This is reserved for you. This is VIP only. Come on, this is very important, people. These are people who are giving their lives to Christ. Come on, you're part of the VIP squad today. Come on. Come on, awesome. God loves you so much. God loves you so much. you coming in today, huh? I told you God was going to do something today, that God was going to touch your life. Come on, look at this all over this place. People saying yes to Jesus. Come on, yes to Jesus. I want you to know, here's the reality of church. Are you ready? Thank God that every one of us have received a touch from God today. You know what? The reality is this, that every one of us who are not down here because we're already saved, if God didn't touch us today, we're okay because we're going to go to heaven. But this is what church is all about right here. This is what it's all about. This is what we do and why we do what we do every week. Yes, we want to see you blessed. Yes, we want to see your family. But my God, we're throwing out the lifeline every day saying sinners come home to Christ. Jesus even said it he left the 99 who were safe and he went after the one may we be a church that goes after the one come on look at these people who are giving their lives to Christ how awesome how awesome I'm proud of every single one of you so proud of you everyone who's come forward look at me right now I want you to make me a promise right now you ready? here's my promise I'm going to be back next year and I want to see you still in church come on I want to see you still in church I want you to step up and be involved and get connected and be involved. Because God is the real deal. Come on, let's stretch our hands out towards him. We're going to pray right now. and We've got some materials, I believe, that we want to give to you. So please do not leave till someone gives you some materials because we want to help you through the walk. We're not just about getting you saved. We want to help you in your salvation. We want to help you in your walk. You're a part of a family now. You're a part of people who love you and believe in you and want the best for your life. And we're going to pray. And everyone, would you help us on the microphones? We're going to pray right now this prayer today. Are you ready? Let's pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for hearing my cry. I thank you today that you love me. I feel unlovable, but you love me still. And God, I thank you today for hearing my cry, for coming into my heart coming into my life and from this day forward and forevermore I make you my Lord and my Saviour and I say Jesus I love you with all of my heart thank you for forgiving me in Jesus name come on shout amen in the house come on shout amen in the house Shout amen in the house. Come on, shout amen. Come on, God's awesome.